Hi, welcome to the Sunflower Society podcast. We are two sisters looking to enhance your journey by sharing some of our personal experiences, and we invite you along to join us. That's my sister, Kara Howard, and I'm Justine Gonzalez. We'll be your hostesses at the Sunflower Society podcast, where we explore how you can grow and serve the world through your unique talents and have further impact in your day-to-day life. Let's get ready to go. Hey, sister. Hey, sister. (laughs) You sound happy today. I am. We finally have some sunshine. I feel like the Midwest has had so much rain, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You probably can speak to that more because you're a master gardener. How have you (laughs) felt? How have you felt about all the rain? Well, to be honest, the stuff that I love to eat out of the garden thrives off of hot, sunny weather. So Mm. like I love the peas and radishes and stuff. So they're doing great. But I love getting tomatoes and jalapenos and making fresh salsa. And those usually won't start growing until we get some sunshine going on, unfortunately. So hopefully we're on the upward trend into summer. I do believe that we actually had the first day of summer, June 21st usually. Right, right. I think we've all been really like chomping at the bit for it. But the reality is it was just the first official day. So we're still okay. We're still okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Plenty of time for sun and fun and warm weather, which by the way, this is episode 12 of the Sunflower Society podcast. And make sure you stay tuned because last week, our last podcast, episode 11, we launched a brand new segment. So speaking of fun and sun, at the end of our podcast, we've started a new segment called the Fabulous Five List. And do you want to tell listeners what our Fabulous Five is today? Yes, we are going to talk about fun things to do with our children or have our children do if we're tied up um, during the summer months. Because I know me personally, I struggle pretty hard um, to find a balance of letting them use their technology and video games and stuff. So I have really tried to be about what I'm having them do each day and having a little more more structure around that. So, and Justine being um, in the education world has lots of good ideas to share with that as well. Ooh, yeah. All right. Well, so stay (laughs) tuned for that because the Fab Five list will be coming your way at the end of this week's episode. But right now we're going to dive into our topic today. In episode 12, we are going to talk all about perfection. Mm-hmm. So when you actually even hear that word, what comes to mind? Because when I, um, just so you guys kind of understand our creative process, we usually call each other before we hit record and we say, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? And that's pretty much it. And so we talked a little bit um, and I said, you know, it feels right to do perfection. I think it's something people struggle with. And Kara's immediate response was, ooh. So (laughs) tell me kind of what you're thinking and why you responded that way. 
Well, I think it's a really amazing thing to talk about because we live in a society now where we can see what everybody's doing. So keeping up with the Joneses isn't just like looking over the fence at your neighbor anymore. It's like (laughs) in your face almost every minute of every day. And so I think we all have this perfection mindset um, and we're all striving, not necessarily to one up each other, but we're striving to like have like find the thing that makes us happy. And then we keep like looking for that one ultimate like dream or whatever, whatever it may be. And so I think we're driven a lot by our pursuit of the perfect life or the perfect image or whatever. Um, I also think of failure when I think of perfection, because ultimately, Mm. if we really are striving to live in that perfect space all the time, we're going to be inundated with this constant sense of failure and not being enough. And I think lots of us are there um, in this modern, modern technology age. I really think it's a prevalent problem for a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting because right before we're recording this, I did my first Instagram live, my first live story ever. (laughs) And it's really tough sometimes. I know. I know. I'm I'm catching up with the times, right? Um, (laughs) So, but I shared that I was really excited about this episode because it is something that I've personally struggled with. And I would say my struggle with being a perfectionist has shown itself most or rather reared its ugly head the most with mm-hmm. me being a recovering workaholic is what I call myself. Um, because you're always striving to do better or get it exactly just right. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you really uncover that more, I think I now always ask myself, well, why? Why is that so important? Is it really because the person that you're creating this, um, I don't know, proposal for in my world, for a partnership or whatever, is it because you wanna add that much value Or is it because you don't want to be judged or is it because you're competitive and you want to be told you're the best at everything? Mm -hmm. And so I really have to check myself a lot with just, I think it's okay to want to be really good at what you do. I I think Mm -hmm. you should really want to be the best at whatever you're here to do on this earth and what you feel called to do on a daily basis. But I also think it's worth exploring why. And when I really dug into that, some of my motivations in the past were to look a certain way to a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Wasn't necessarily to, and usually those people being like my boss, right? It right. wasn't usually about, well, this is really the effort and energy I feel like I should put into this. It was- right. I want to maybe overachieve and look this way because I wanted the validation. And I think that is probably the piece that most people struggle with because, you know, you should want to do things for the right reason. I never fault myself for ever going the extra mile for serving other people's kids. 
that's something mm-hmm. I've never compromised because I'm in education. That's what I feel my, my purpose is at the end of the day, anything I do is ultimately for the future lives of kids. Um, I'm a little bit on a rant here, but it was also important and it's still important for me to always stop and say, what is the true purpose of getting this exactly right though? Right. In my world, um, I have been a perfectionist as a nurse because you have to be, because Mm -hmm. you're talking about people's lives are at stake. If you make the slightest error or you don't wash your hands the proper way or whatever, I, I think that I struggle in that area. Then it carries into my personal life type of thing. Cause I have some of the same issues as you do, as far as wanting that validation and like wanting to stand out in the crowd. And, um, sometimes that does drive me instead of the way that it organically should be, which is to feel a drive from within that I attribute to God. You know, some people attribute it to, you know, a myriad of other things, but that drive within you to do something and do it great so that you bring glory back to God. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that is my ultimate goal in the motivation for the things that I do. But I will say because of that mindset of perfectionism that I've kind of learned in healthcare, um, it really is kind of hard to ever feel like you're doing things well enough or adequately enough um, because there's always that sense of fear behind it. Right. And anything that comes from fear is the exact opposite of something that comes from love. And Mm -hmm. that's where I've found I've had to check myself and say, okay, but God wants us to act out of love with our gifts and talents. And yes, there's also a word within the word of God that talks about in everything you do, do so by giving glory to God, the father and do it to the best of your ability. It's in Colossians. If you're interested, Colossians three seventeen. Um, so <laughs> we're not being sponsored Kara, for that. Kara knows I'm a total <laughs> geek when it comes, comes to referencing things. Um, and I have a great memory, but, um, <laughs> So the the question then becomes, though, if that same God or the same universe who has birthed you with your unique gifts and talents wants you to give everything to serve others, it also, at least specifically, I'm referencing the Bible, never says you shouldn't then do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that same lens of perfection that a lot of us strive so hard to um, put out to others and serve others in that way. What I then saw was that I actually would put myself on the back burner and things Mm -hmm. that I would go 110% above for other people. I didn't treat myself the same way. That is so good. That is so good. I I've never thought about it that way, but it's a hundred percent true. Why we are self-loathing in a lot of ways. I think we feel guilty and selfish and like we're bringing glory on ourselves. Um, I, I, I often will see people um, or hear people talk about like, well, I, I would be selfish if I did this for myself because I've got all these other priorities. Um, 
going on and it's just it would be very selfish of me to lavish that um that thing or that experience or whatever it might be fill in the blank on myself but I think we operate from a place where we feel not worthy enough sometimes because um and especially I think for um, people that have a relationship with God they I think tend to say we're always pointing it back to God. We're always pointing it back to God. It's never about me. I never want it to be about me. But if you think about the beautiful beings that God made us, he didn't want us to be shrouded in this whole aura of guilt and self-loathing. Like he made us in the image of himself. And I think we have to, you know, we're nowhere close to being gods, but I think we have to remember that, you know, just as beautiful as he made there's a verse in the Bible and I don't know where it is. The lilies of the field, he, he, he clothes them in beauty and they have everything they need. That's how he created us. And do, do we walk by a field of flowers and think, oh, that's beautiful, but that's shameful. They should be hiding their beauty. Like we would never do that. Right. But we as humans equate like um, the ability to invest in ourselves and to love ourselves and to treat ourselves well and to put that out into the world, we see that as shameful and and why why would we bring attention to ourselves in that way? It's all back to God. It is all back to God. But if you hide under this this again a shroud is what I think of it as, and nobody ever sees the glory of God coming out of you. That's right. What good is that? That's what a- good is that? Yeah. Well, can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? amen. It is Sunday. Yeah. But I, I I think the other point that you made, that's really great is that when people live in a state of fear, shame, or guilt, those are actually the lowest states of mind. First of all, they're the complete opposite of what a loving God uh, wants us to seek. But then at the same time, they also are what you focus your energy on and you are far less likely to ever change or experience any type of transformation or elevation in your life. And what I mean by that is then you're constantly in a cycle. And this is where perfectionism can actually bring us down because you're constantly focused on what you're not getting right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't do it perfectly. Oh, I didn't think this, or I didn't say this, or I didn't do this. Is it it even worth doing if I can't do it perfectly? Right. That's where a lot of people get stuck too. Yes. And so what happens is instead of focusing on the positive and what went well in the situation, inadvertently by being a perfectionist, you actually hold yourself really, really far back from all and everything that God has for you because you're only focusing on what didn't go right. Yes. And then you're repeatedly focused on your failures versus what's the blessing in this? What is the lesson I can learn from it? What's the opportunity and what's the wisdom that I can gain as I move forward? It would be a shame to walk through life in perfection. If you really break it down, I mean, I would rather any day of the week choose an imperfect path than one that was like full of prediction and um, safety, but that didn't 
make any kind of impact on me or let me make impact on those around me. I would pick the imperfect path a thousand percent of the time. Well, and how, how do we grow if, if we don't, you know, if you don't embrace that and then you're constantly beating yourself up because you made a mistake or you didn't get something as perfectly as in your mind, you thought you should. I don't, I think some of us forget me included, like nobody's sitting there to judge you and say, my goodness, Justine, you messed up that speech because you forgot to include this detail. Nobody's sitting there saying that nobody. The person who's saying those things is you. I have to give an example that fits well here. So this morning, um, I, my kids were up on the third floor of our, we don't have three floors, sorry, converted attic. I don't want to sound like we're in a mansion or something. You do have Um, three floors. But it's a converted (laughs) attic. It's not like, you know, anyway, so we're they were up there playing and I was in the kitchen preparing lunch and chopping vegetables and stuff. And I turned on some music and I felt myself feel like this is really quiet. I I need to like turn it up so that I can't hear my own voice. And the reason I was like, I don't want to hear my own voice is because I was like, I'm really belting this out. I don't want to hear if I have a mistake. And I I was like, that is so stupid. Like, why did I think that nobody on earth is around right now to witness this? If I make a mistake, who cares? Like, I felt like in that moment, I had a lot of clarity about, and this is perfect that we're talking about it. The reason, like, I would never, I, I still probably would not feel comfortable belting out a song at my full like maximum capacity of singing because I would hold back a little bit and be afraid that I was going to make a mistake. And in your own um, house, I'm talking, yeah, in my own, well, I just, I didn't want to hear myself do it because I like my voice. I like the way it sounds, but I also didn't want to hear any ugliness that it held. And I, that's really, that's really diving in, but (laughs) I did think about it quite a bit at the time thinking how weird that is that I, in spite of the fact that I was totally alone, I still had this thing like, oh, hold back just a little bit. Don't sing like your best or your loudest because it, you might mess up. (laughs) Like I, I felt that. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience or I'm sure there's at least one other person out there that has, but it, it just was like, we stop, we stop ourselves before we even start a lot of the time. We don't allow ourselves to make mistakes and make those mistakes that make us better and allow us to see where we're gifted, see where we're talented because we're holding a little bit back just to be safe. Yeah. So I think our, well, we've taken a while to get to key takeaway. There's probably multiple key takeaways, but key takeaway one would be to embrace all of who you are. And I think that's what really gets us into this mindset of valuing what you bring to the table. Embrace all that you are and all that you're becoming. And when you live life in that way, you start to focus on the things that are working out for you. And, and that things, there are certain things in your life that come easily to you. And I think that those are things to proclaim and even affirmations um, to say out loud to yourself, right? I, I think for, for some of us, and like you said, I don't know if other people think this way, 
But part of that mindset is really like almost deprogramming yourself from all the subconscious beliefs that maybe you've held since you were a kid for whatever reason. And that's not the point of finger. This is not for people listening to say, oh, yes, I blame this person in my life because they did this to me. No, Uh that is not what we're saying, because most people that you speak with, all of us probably could share stories and say, well, this happened to me in my life and this was terrible. We're not not we aren't saying that that should be minimized or that isn't part of your story. But if the only stories that I tell myself are, well, this person called me ugly when I was five years old. And so therefore I always actually believe that about myself. Then you're keeping like at that point, it's on you. Like it's not on that kindergarten classmate who said it. And stop looking in the mirror and devaluing yourself. And I'm saying this to myself as much as I'm saying it to anybody else. Are you looking in the mirror right now while you say No. (laughs) Stop looking in the mirror and saying, oh, I I look, you know, like your immediate inclination can be like, oh, I look really nice today. But then there's that that voice of of fear and that voice of perfection or whatever you want to call it that says, oh, that's really conceited that you think that about yourself. You shouldn't think that about yourself. Or, you know, don't take pride in the way that you look or conduct your business or fill in the blank mm-hmm. because you shouldn't feel that way. You should you should be humble and walk humbly and always, you know, honor the God that made you. Again, how are we honoring the God that made us if we are not out there flaunting all the beautiful things that he's bestowed upon each of us, and that doesn't just mean physical, that means everything about us. Um, I think we get caught in the cycle of just self-condemnation and just feeling like we were never intended to be enough. And I think that's a really sad, sad state um, of some, of where I've been in my life personally. And I know lots and lots of people struggle with that. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. I mean, we all, we all have things about us because of human nature, because of how the world came to be, regardless of what your deeply held beliefs are. One thing is certain. If you believe in God, just know and understand Um, or however you refer to the God of our universe, right? Know and understand that, yes, there are people who make bad choices. We've all made bad choices in life. But I, to my core, I, I never believe that God wants us to live our day to day lives in condemnation because how on earth would we be able to actually represent him when he's a God of love? Absolutely. So I think it's my key takeaway too, is actually a quote that I love, but it's by a psychologist. His name is Carl Rogers. And he says, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I change. Hmm. So I find it fascinating because often we're so focused on changing who we are and getting better and better, right? Like the perfectionism 
but it's not until I actually accept, well, this is who I am and this just is, and this is where I'm at right now for this moment, then I can change. But if you never accept that, you know what, to your core, Justine, you struggle with perfectionism or you struggle with pushing your emotions down and filling up your schedule with work. If I don't Mm -hmm. say those things, then I can't consciously change. Right. Are you there? I'm here. (laughs) I'm just processing all this new information. No, I think that actually wraps it up perfectly. Do you have another key takeaway you'd like to leave us with or? Oh, well, no, I don't think so. This is, I mean, a pretty <laughs> meaty episode so far, but I am, I mean, I, I would always be curious and, and this is something that we'll try to be better about, but I would be really curious as we start to dive into more topics in the lifetime of this podcast, because we are just getting started people, um, <laughs> really hearing different people's voices and having you leave us messages, um, to let us know, like, what are your questions and make them questions that you want to know what other people think and how they feel about it. And I know early on, even after our first couple episodes, we got feedback that there were people who were like, oh, I went back and listened again. And I had my husband listen with me because we just hadn't talked about these things. Or I wasn't even thinking about this. I wasn't even, I was so busy with life that I wasn't even aware of it. I didn't stop to think about it. And I feel like even you are saying that in this episode, like, oh, okay, I haven't heard that quote before. Well, I didn't think of it that way. Um, and, And the more and more we can have conversations with others, our hope is that you're, you're out there and you're being the light that you need to be in your world and in those people who are in your circle. And you can start to have these deeper relationships because what happens is, again, when we actually say and name what it is we're struggling with, what it is we're proud of, whatever, we're putting it out there and that's when we can actually change and grow. And you realize you're not an island there is at least one or two or a handful of people out there that struggle with what you struggle with and feel the way you do about certain things. You're just not saying it to each other. And so I think it's really really bold if you can step out and say, you know what? I have had this question on my heart for a really long time. This would be the perfect forum to share it with. And you don't even have to like leave us a message. You can DM um, either Justine or I, and we will, feature your question anonymously as well if you if you want that to be the case. But we do want to have um, conversations that are of value and of meaning to everybody that's taking the time to listen. And we thank you and are so grateful. Um, we are growing every week and it's been above and beyond our dreams of anything that we'd imagined when we kind of set out to do this. Mm-hmm. We were just you know, hoping to influence, uh, you know, even a handful of people would have been enough because we have these conversations and we love these conversations and we find value in them. Um, So we're hoping that um, you're sharing this with all of your friends, especially the ones who maybe are a little more on the um, deep thinking side and kind of 
you know, you never know exactly how they're doing maybe because they're so deep in thought about everything that that's like the perfect person to share this kind of content with, because those are the people that have sometimes some really significant stuff to say, and they're just holding it back because they don't have the confidence to do it. So we hope that we are empowering you and that you're feeling that, um, that kind of affirmation from us each and every week. That is right, sister. Well, thanks for closing us out. Please stay tuned because in the next 10 seconds, we will be featuring our top five, our fabulous five lists of the week. All right. Welcome to the Fab Five for this week. Today, we're going to be talking about top summer indoor activities to do with your children on those rainy days because we have had a lot of those lately. Mm. My daughter Sophia is here with me and she's going to help talk about number five. What is your number five thing this summer? Book report. So... We actually have not started this yet, but I was given the idea of having the kids read a book a week and they prepare some kind of report on it at the end of each week. Um, I know this doesn't really sound fun to some people, but when I was a kid, I loved sitting and reading. That was like the best thing in the world to me. So I'm going to make my kids do that, be a little bit productive. And we will go on to Justine number four. All right. Number four for our Fab Five list for this week. I love a good challenge. So I know anytime I watch my nieces or nephews, I like to do what's called teeny takeover. I'm their aunt oh. teeny. Um, and so we, uh, I always try to do some type of challenge. Sometimes it's been chopped and I give them certain ingredients they have to cook something with. Um, if they want to play boot camp and do some type of exercising. Um, but we always do some type of challenge. Um, it's great when it's a team challenge as well. And you all have to work together on something. So mix it up with some type of challenge is number four. Okay. Number three is going to be put your kids in a band together. <laughs> Like the Partridge family, huh? Yeah. So we have quite a few various musical instruments hanging around at my house. And those include a mandolin and a ukulele. We've got an electric drum, like pad type thing. We have a piano. We have a keyboard. We have a, uh, what is it called? A recorder. So um, sometimes we take music breaks and the kids have at certain points gotten together and formed little songs so that's always a kind of a good half hour 45 minute activity that you can do that will divert them from fighting <laughs> well which is a huge blessing right that you have right. access to all those instruments so if you're not a person who has a lot of instruments in your household the other thing you could always do is use um kleenex boxes rubber bands and again mm -hmm. going back to a challenge have your 
kids create their own type of instrument out of what you have. If you have some buckets, um, you could make some drums that way. So work with what you have. No need to reinvent the wheel if you don't already have instruments in your house. Um, Number two, and you kind of alluded to it with number five, the book reports. And I know Olivia loves to read, but my number two comes from a very teacher and principal point of view. And that is if you can have your kids do one thing every day, if you just have them even read for 15 minutes, um, one of the biggest things that happens and educators I know will understand and relate to this is kind of like the summer brain drain. And one of the best ways to prepare your kiddos to go back to school is just like, don't get out of the habit of reading. And so if you can even just have your kids read for 15 minutes a day, I would say then you're golden and make sure that they're choosing things that interest them. Don't force them to read things that they're not interested in um, because it will be even more of a battle. So make sure you ask them, what do you want to learn about? What do you want to read more about? Um, But yeah, it's pretty simple number two, but a really important one. So I have a one and a half to throw in here real briefly. Sorry. I think it's a really, really good one. My daughter actually the other night, um, she came up with the idea of me coaching her during a workout. So (laughs) we kind of did some sit-ups and push-ups and different things. And I gave her different amounts of different things to do. And she just loved it. So it is, and the boys, I think we're wanting to join in the next time. So Mm -hmm. I might start that a daily thing or an every other day thing because obviously it gets them up and active but they also just like to burn off the energy all right olivia can you tell us about your number one thing that you like to do over the summer inside modeling clay so arts and crafts type of thing she has been really into her modeling clay and she's made a couple sculptures and then they paint them with some acrylic paint and it's really fun if you go to Hobby Lobby or Michael's or even if you just have some crafty stuff laying around the house kids are pretty inventive and they can make some pretty cool stuff so I um, we made one trip to Hobby Lobby so far this summer and the kids picked out a couple things each that they wanted to work on as projects um, throughout the week it's not something they have to finish in like a day or anything but can be over a week or two's period of time and um so far they're really really enjoying it well awesome thank you olivia for being our special guest on this week's top five our fab five list again you can find us both on instagram kara is at fawn river beauty and i'm at justine r gonzalez g-o-n-z-a-l-e-z um and we would love your input on all things Fab Five and Sunflower Society. We hope you have a great week. Bye.
Hi, welcome to the Sunflower Society podcast. We are two sisters looking to enhance your journey by sharing some of our personal experiences, and we invite you along to join us. Hi, welcome to the Sunflower Society podcast. We are two sisters looking to enhance your journey by sharing some of our personal experiences, and we invite you along to join us. That's my sister, Kara Howard, and I'm Justine Gonzalez. We'll be your hostesses at the Sunflower Society podcast, where we explore how you can grow and serve the world through your unique talents and have further impact in your day-to-day life. Let's get ready to go. That's my sister, Kara Howard, and I'm Justine Gonzalez. We'll be your hostesses at the Sunflower Society podcast, where we explore how you can grow and serve the world through your unique talents and have further impact in your day-to-day life. Let's get ready to go. That's my sister, Kara Howard, and I'm Justine Gonzalez. We'll be your hostesses at the Sunflower Society podcast, where we explore how you can grow and serve the world through your unique talents and have further impact in your day-to-day life. Let's get ready to go.